Bem-vindo, gente. Welcome back to another episode of Si Se Puede here on the Brazilian Dragon Podcast Network. Now, today I'm going to be talking with my friend Paula Irizarri. She is from Puerto Rico. She uh, went to school in Florida, and now she lives out here in Los Angeles. And we met at Warner Brothers as tour guides. Now, I think it's important to talk to consumers of the media we love, especially in terms of representation and not just people who have been on the media or a part of it that we love to watch. So Paula is originally from Puerto Rico. She came here to the U.S. In, for senior year of high school, and she did college here. So uh, she is a big fan of movies and TV shows. Uh, don't get her started on Marcel the Shell with shoes on or she'll start crying. But we love Paula, and we have a lovely conversation about what representation, matter can, representation matters can mean and uh, everything about Latina culture that needs to be translated to the film industry. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Paula. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to share and introduce Paula to everyone. All right, my friends. Today we are joined here on The Brazilian Dragon by the great... Paola, Paola, hello. Introduce yourself to the listeners. Hola, my name is Paola, Paola Irizarri. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm from Puerto Rico, born and raised over there. Then I moved to Florida. Uh, I did my senior year in high school over there. And then my college years, unfortunately, were in Florida as well. And if you're from Florida, you understand it can be a little boring at times. Um and then I flew out here to California. So now we're here. <laughs> yes. And Paula is a friend from work. And Paula is one of my first friends from work. And we have bonded over our Latine experiences. And just uh, despite us coming from different Latine cultures, I'm Brazilian. She's Puerto Rican. We really do vibe on like similar wavelengths. We get each other. Uh, so I, one of the first people I thought of in terms of the consumer portion of this project, I was like, Paula. And also Paula uh, has ideas for film and television as well that I'm excited to see what she does with them. But I'm excited to interview her today and talk a little bit about Latine and Hispanic culture for this project. Um, so uh, first things first, I want to ask you if you have a recollection of the first time you were able to resonate with a Latine character or a Hispanic character on American film or television. Again, I know you grew up in Puerto Rico, um, but the, the focus of this project is more about American TV and movies, but feel free to mention any Puerto Rican shows that you want to highlight as well. Oh, um, so it has to be Alex Russo from Wizards of Waverly Place, the first the time. Yes, because I adored Hannah Montana growing up, and then when Wizards of Waverly Place came out, I was like, oh wow, that's so cool! Like Alex Russo, she seems like the person I want to be when I'm a teenager. So she was the first character that I said, oh, her mom's Hispanic. That's so nice. Like, And there's a whole episode with the quinceanera. Yeah. Oh, my. Oh, I could tell you an anecdote there. 
Uh, my mom threw a quinceañera for me because she didn't want one. And so she never got one. And then she wanted me to have one. <laughs> so went there, um, went through the same experience right there. It was cute. <laughs> I my thing about that show is I love it especially like obviously it's a little flawed from 2022 perspectives the fact that it wasn't all three children weren't Latino actors but yeah. uh for 2008 standards 75 percent of the Latina characters between uh Maria Canals Barrera who played the mom Selena Gomez who played Alex and then uh J- Jake T Austin who played Max they were all Latino, and then it was just David Henry who wasn't, and I feel like that was kind of rare back in the day. Yeah, it was, and uh, I remember learning that Jake T. Austin was Puerto Rican. I was like, that's so crazy. And he was uh, also the voice of Diego in Dora la Toradora. You see, I didn't know that. I had a look Christian in the American version. At least. I don't know what they did in Puerto Rico. That's cute. Um, yeah, no, we had uh, Dora as well in um, PBS, like. PBS Depends kids. if you have cable or not. But... Did you also have Maya and Miguel? <laughs> Maya and Miguel. Oh, I love that show. That was such a good one. You see, you talk about those like kids shows, like the animated version, so good. And then The Simpsons, it used to be in Spanish. That's how it runs in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny. No one believes me, but it's the best one ever. The SpongeBob but... also funnier in Portuguese, and I said that on period. I've never... Um... It's Spongebob was in English because uh, I you sometimes get like Nick. Yeah. Or like no. Ones. Uh, I remember my brother and I, uh, we when we discovered the green button on the remotes that turned everything into English, that was a discovery for us. But I also like to watch some stuff in Portuguese when I was there because I, I think it's fun to see it. Nice. Yeah, I um. I agree. It is. And the commercials are always in Portuguese anyway. So, like, there are some that, like, the, in, at okay. least in Brazil, there was this uh, Colgate commercial. I'll send it to you afterwards. It's so catchy. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk more about American television, not Brazilian television. Um, did you ever, do you recall an experience where you ever struggled to resonate with a white character on TV because you were Latina? Um, I'll be honest with you. I... I am very white passing, I'm not gonna lie. Um, and so I have not only like, what is it? It was white privilege. Yes. So it's it's very much like I can look at a character, I was sure pay for one of my Halloweens, you know? Like there was never any like, oh no, I don't look like her. I think that I struggle more with watching Latino characters and how they're portrayed because Alex Russo was the first one that I saw that was really pale. And I was like, oh, okay, I see her. Um, but usually, and you can see her mom, she's very tan, uh, dark eyes, dark hair. That's how they're going to typecast you. like, And that's what they do, which is very sad for many characters. Um, um, as well as in, oh, I lied to you. I'm such a big liar. Felipe, I'm so sorry. Big fat um, liar. How dare you? No, I'm kidding. Big fat liar. Because we were just talking about Spy Kids earlier. That is a white ass Latino family. <laughs> like white passing. That's how I feel. That's how Again, I that was another example of like, for its time, I was surprised that they got as many Latino actors. Obviously, Daryl Zbarra is not Latino. Pero uh, Danny Trejo is in that movie. And we love Danny Trejo here. Uh, but yeah. also Antonio Banderas. 
Carmen Vega is also Latina, and like for all the characters that needed to be Latina and Latino and Latine, uh, we, uh, we had one who wasn't, and I feel like that's like rare for an early two thousands project as well. Did you ever watch Camp Rock? Uh, yeah. Demi Lovato. Did you ever yeah. resonate with her at all too, or no? That too. You see, there's just there's a lot of like Latino characters from the two thousands that look like me, so I'm not yeah. like missing anything in that sense um the only thing is i looked very very american (laughs) you looked more like christina aguilera i looked more like cameron diaz christina aguilera like my cousin and my grandma used to fight was it drew barrymore or cameron diaz who does she look like today i'm like thank you but no i wish um you could be like i'm the granddaughter of don juan no dead ass i could um (laughs) but no uh, I just never struggle with that. However, I have people in my group of friends who have struggled with it and who will tell you, like, there is no Afro-Latino a teenage kid that they could go back to and look at and be like, that's me. Like, that sucks. That's fine. That's I am very passionate about this topic specifically. I think it's very frustrating that a lot of uh, TV and movies, at least American ones, talk about the Latine and Hispanic experience, but it's always through the whitewashed versions. Like sometimes we'll get a brown Latino, but it's it's never Afro Latinos, except for In the Heights actually, which I was so excited for Batgirl because Leslie Grace is Afro Latina. And then they had to go and shelve it and I'm ready to fight. Like, let's go get the pitchforks out. Oh, absolutely. The way that I'm like, okay, when are we going to sneak into, just kidding. Um, I'm not even going to say what I was going to say because I don't want to get fired. You're good. You're good. Let's just, let's just move. What are some of the, the most harmful and frustrating portrayals of Latina people in culture in America? Like any stereotypes that frustrate you watching TV or movies? Um, whenever we're watching something and it brings a latino character they focus the main focus is the bad guy portrayal like and you the, mentioned danny trejo earlier yeah so danny trejo he's very good for that um he gets typecasted a lot in harsh characters and i don't give a fuck characters and um i'm sorry are you no it's fine podcast podcast um, is rated pg-13 slam times it goes r depending on the day well okay you're um, fine no i don't care i'm not gonna bleep that all right so um but yeah i'll put an announcement don't listen with your kids at the starters also so he gets typecasted into those things i don't appreciate that and i also don't appreciate the drug like main view like the drug addiction main view of a character or the um i don't know how to say this um like so, uh, the the drug Star- like tony montana and scarface who was played by a white guy also yes like so i Which have is another issue but hey yeah. <laughs> yeah no i i have complicated feelings on this subject especially for like some of my favorite shows uh one of my favorite shows being better call Saul. like i do think it is like a harmful stereotype that they definitely lean into but it's also like they were on the Mexican border. There's like cartel stuff, but at the same time, I am appreciative of the fact that it gave opportunity to a lot of Latino actors who might not otherwise get a chance to shine, despite the fact that they are kind of falling into tropes. Um, How do you feel about the, the Sofia Vergara character in Modern Family? Do you feel like that could be harmful at all? Um, I think that it is. And I think that to back to like the thing that you were saying, um, 
there's ways to show Latinidad without making it about the bad parts of Latin America or whatever other side, Caribbean or like Asia on the other corner, as we know. So like there's other ways to show us without being like, oh yeah, here's your cartel. One of the worst things that we can talk about. A lot more goes on within the Latino community. So that's why whenever someone's like, oh yeah, they, they get to be portrayed and they get to be seen. Yeah, but you're still seeing them in a sad lens. And that's why it's such yeah, a conversation. Because like, on the one hand, I'm excited for the actors for the opportunity to like be on these groundbreaking shows that like have such eyes and then hopefully get to do other opportunities. But on the other hand, like I think that like shows like Narcos or uh, shows along that vein can be so harmful uh, because of like the stereotypes that they enhance. And I think there could be more nuance in the telling of these stories. And that's why a lot of the shows that get canceled that are not about them frustrate me that they get canceled because it's like, yo, but these are like actual, like, more holistic portrayals of Latini dad and Hispanic families. Yes. And that's just, that's the most, that, that, that one, that topic is the one that kind of screws up everything. Um, there's ways to do it. There's ways to show the actors in a better light constantly. And I feel like we're kind of moving forward to it. And I say slowly, but percentage-wise, not really. Tell <laughs> like, me if you resonate with this. I feel like we're doing a ton of start and stops. We're, like, getting opportunities, and then as soon as we get them, like, the show will be canceled after one season, or Batgirl will be true. shelved, or, like, like, we have very rare, and I hope Honestly, I feel like animation is making strides much faster than live action with uh, Coco and Encanto and Vivo. But And then we also had In the Heights. But I feel like we're making very slow strides in terms of TV shows. Uh, the show that I worked on, Promised Land, which I love yeah. dearly, got canceled after one season. But it didn't even have a chance. Mm-hmm. It was uh, They put it up on ABC against the Olympics. And then it got moved to Hulu once the Olympics ended because they were like, no rating, the ratings weren't good. I'm like, of course the ratings weren't good. You put it against the Olympics. And then it got shelved after one season. And I feel like that's just kind of a common occurrence among Latine shows is they get canceled after they get the one and done treatment uh, a lot. They do. And it's typically in a way kind of what makes them so beautiful. Because it's like, those are the shows that people want to see not just the ugly representations of the hardships in Latin America. But then it's also so tragic that when they get shelved that we don't get to continue seeing ourselves. We do. It is tragic. But like I said, like there's a beauty within the tragedy. That's what I mean. Like, Can you elaborate on that point? I don't want to make it, I don't like making it extremely negative. What I'm saying is like, there is, a specialty to us like yes they get shelved but the way that they have produced this the shows um the way that they show the latino families behind the the opening in front of the screen what i mean is like i had to come back sorry okay now i'm going to say it in spanish and then i'll say it in english la familia hispana y con quienes son, en ejemplo, este, One Day at a Time. Eso es una muy buena para poder decir. Eh, esa serie te enseña 
como aunque fuera en millions you know how there's Shakespeare it's Shakespearean Shakespeare, tragedy yeah. yes and we all know that they end in a death and that they're very sad and whatnot but there's beauty within that like there there's there's love stories and there's characters that we fall in love with and and then they yeah they disappear they die it's sad it goes away but even though the show doesn't run it continues to stay there like we have the opportunity to say hey in this season of um one day at a time for example i love that show that was a good one they canceled it um I think I know what you're saying. Can I like try to like you're saying that we're you're glad we got to experience these characters exactly. and it's better to have them. Um, yeah. And I'll cut around that part. Like I, I got what you were saying. Uh, yeah. Just, okay. We can go from there. You just yeah. take over. Yeah. No. So I kind of get what you're saying. Like you're it's, you're saying like as it's, sad as it is that we don't get to see these stories continue, you're glad that we at least got to spend a season. Uh, exactly. a couple seasons with each with these characters and get to know them and have them in our lives exactly and it, it it's it's just so nice to be able yeah. to talk about those people because then afterwards you see the actors becoming a little bit more known like you were saying and like it, it is possible that's what i want to say like it doesn't have to be all those crude shows it just it is possible to have something more lighthearted and loving And I guess and that's that's a great optimistic look at it. I, I tend to agree. Like, I'm glad we got them at all as opposed to never getting them. I just wish that like, I don't know, maybe it's like my pessimistic nature. I feel like Hollywood doesn't believe in our stories the way we do. And we know our stories are quality. And that's like you know. often <laughs> frustrating, right? It is because I have the information in front of me, but we can bring it in. Latinos represent nearly a 19% of U.S. populations. This is from... NBC News, um, it was written down, by the way, just so you know, by Nicole Acevedo. And she's a reporter from NBC News Digital. She reports, writes, and produces stories. And so she was saying that uh, Latino Latinos represent 19% of the U.S. population. And the study that they did... Um, found out that 7.1% of leading acting roles and 7.17% of overall film acting roles went to Latinos. So behind the camera, there's only a 5.6% of writers and 7.1% of directors. That's not a lot when you think about it. Um, we're cut very short and it kind of, it is difficult because those stories that we want to tell don't get picked up. They want one main focus, and that is the harsher. Yeah, and I know there's even, like, congressional battles for this. So after uh, Chris Rock did his op-ed uh, a number of years ago for Oscar So White, uh, Representative Joaquin, sorry, let me get his name, Joaquin Castro from San Antonio, he went to Congress and was like, listen, we need more of our stories told. And they actually did this whole report in 2020 of, like, how Latine... Uh, people are the like least seen behind like in the other areas not just acting but also like directing and writing and all these like behind the scenes roles compared to other races like I don't uh, like in terms of like Asian and black and white audiences I know 
uh, indigenous communities uh, struggle more than Latine people, but a lot of indigenous communities and Latine communities actually intersect, if you think about it, like with all the colonization that happened. Oh. But to continue this, like, it's just, this is like a battle that even Congress has stepped into, like, and they are working towards initiatives to like hire the representation for people like you and me, Paula. Um, just to advocate for that. Also, like, if you think of it, like, in terms of, like, one of my favorite franchises, the Marvel franchise, we are the only, we are the only minority group to not have a leading, like, or a focused story yet. Uh, I know Echo isn't out yet, but Echo is going to be on Indigenous people, but then Latina people, we don't have a, like, any main characters. We had America Chavez in Doctor Strange 2, but she was, like, a supporting character. And just, like, um, forget the character's name, but Danny Ramirez plays uh, the new Falcon in Winter Soldier. Uh, like we have like some supporting roles, but we are the first, we are the last group to get a superhero yet. Yeah. Like a main character. Yeah, and I was super excited for Batgirl because like we haven't had a Latina superhero yet, but, and we were supposed to, I, I, it's a sore subject, especially one that's Afro Latina. But anyways, where do you want to take the conversation next? Like, do you want to jump in on anything I added or do you want to talk about some other stuff? I would love to jump in on the last point that you made um, with the um, not having a superhero. You mentioned America Chavez. She is supposed to be Puerto Rican, but she talks as if she was Mexican. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way with Marvel when they did that. It's like the small things. Like they could have like a Puerto Rican... Fucking research. <laughs> so let me tell you about Promised Land. So they actually hired a guy, Manuel, who's lovely. He actually played the dad of young Billy and young Joe. Um, and he's Mexican. And so his job when he wasn't on, uh, on a character, he was there as the translation dialect coach to make their, like, because they were Latinos of all different kinds. Uh, but his purpose was to make them sound as authentically Mexican as possible especially for like 19 late 80s Mexican stuff for the scenes they were doing. And I feel like they could have had someone who was Puerto Rican be a dialect coach for Zochi Gomez who's an incredible actress. Yes. But uh I think they could have had not, a dialect coach with Marvel there in that aspect. We're not going to bash on her cuz it wasn't her. It yeah. was the writers. It was the people who were doing the production. They it's a small thing. You just hire a dialect coach. Yeah, it's like, all the difficult. Kristen Stewart had one for Spencer and that's a white person, white character like they can have it for white characters. They can have it for Latino characters too. They can. Yeah. No, uh, I appreciate you bringing that. Do we, besides like, I guess the spy kids, like we don't have a ton of like Latina superheroes on like TV. Like we, there's some in the comics for sure. Like Jessica it's Cruz. Just, well, Guardians of the Galaxy has a. Oh yeah, Gamora, like Zoe Saldana. Yeah. Um, and she's also, that's the thing I love about her is like, she's in like these big blockbusters and she's Afro-Latina. Uh, yes. But then I also don't like how they make her all these different colored characters, like blue and green. And like, and I was like, also make her as sexualized as possible. Yeah. That's the okay. other thing. That's what they do. Like the yeah. Sofia Brigada thing that you were um, talking about. Um, the exaggeration of a woman and a Latin, a Latinx um, woman. Um, Can I ask you another question on my list that like, uh, Oh, I want to get to know what are like things that you want storytellers and creatives to focus on as they continue to explore Latina and Hispanic narratives, like especially the ones that like we're trying to get more like not family friendly, but like less stereotyping and troping. What are the things that you think like are some small details that you think they should like 
focus on? Small details are. Oh, shit. I don't know, but the family cheese man. It's a little conversation. This the whole family dynamic, yeah. like that. Has Is that to- why you resonated with one day at a time? Because for me, that was like I felt like I saw my family on the show. I I just it's hard because it's difficult to accept the fact that your family is not completely okay in any way. Like they, they have things that are, are a little bit toxic that were learned by other generations, which yes, it's hard to accept, but you accept it eventually. That is my issue because I was putting on her Mirabelle, uh, pants on from Encanto. Oh yeah, Encanto. That was such a good movie. I cried like a baby. Um, about Madrigal is Paula Madrigal now. No, stop. No, no, no. I love her. She's so cute. Um, adorable kids. Pero um yeah, it, it's toxic behaviors like that. And then the coming together as a family and loving each other again. Woo. It's not like that. It's a little bit more complicated than that. So if I saw a story, if someone was to make a story, I would be down for the Trials and tribulations of being in a Hispanic family that learn slowly but surely like their bad manners and like their generational faults and get into a resolution in a little bit more realistic of a way. Like with longer years in between because we know that it can't be fixed. And and that's why, like not to go back to our previous discussion topic of like uh, shows being canceled, but I feel like that's something that could be explored with like more seasons but if you get these one and done shows like you can like try to like start like plant these seeds but like i feel like something like that doesn't blow up in a latino family for like a couple of months it's like all this like permeating thing and like everyone has to walk on eggshells and like there everyone knows there's like tension on like whereas i feel like a lot of the white shows that i've watched are like they like kind of like let everything simmer and like never address it the latino shows i feel like would be more like they like yeah, people like have to sit with it for a minute but at a certain point everyone like the like drama the fireworks start and i feel like that's like something like if you like plant a seed in season one like draw it out a little more in season two and then like middle season three it all blows up i feel like that would be like something that's realistic with the pacing but i don't know i feel like i feel like since it's kind of, no, I don't even want to like be like that, but I feel like you can do it within a season. I you feel can. Like you can explore that within a season, and I feel there just needs someone to, like, there has to be someone to come in and be yeah. able to be given that space. That's but also, I feel like Latino storytellers should be also given the opportunity to, like, have more than one season and try to, like, tell the story they want to tell, as opposed to, like, having to condense it for the network, too. Which I know that's not what you're saying, but I just also, like... Exactly, but it sounds like what I'm saying. Like, is that... Because that's what I didn't want to say. No, and um, I know that's not what you meant, too. Well, yeah, that's not what I wanted to say in that sense, because that sounds very crude. I'm trying to think of it as more, like, since we don't get enough yeah. time, might as well be able to start opening that area, that line. I feel like there's so much that could be done within a season when it comes to a family story. It sounds like a boring story, but if someone came in and was able to tell, like, just tell it. Just yeah. tell it. And I'll be um, honest, I feel like I've seen that more in movies also than compared to TV shows, which is like, I guess... Kind of yeah, like I feel like they can do that in a movie because that's they know what kind of story they want to tell. But with a TV show, you also have to like like not to say that movie studios don't have like uh, studio notes and like production involvement. But I feel like 
Um, TV shows are more like they have to cater to multiple audiences. They have to think about the network. They have to think about yeah, the producers. The and like, there's like yeah. also like the the time constraints of a season. And like, will they get this many episodes? Will they not? Like, there's like so many more moving parts in TV. So it's also there is i don't know much about i'm not gonna lie to you i don't know much about tv or movies or anything like when it comes to the production area of it um so if i sound dumb it's probably because of that you're not you don't my major's dumb. history oh my so. <laughs> i love that you're waving around your like makeup brush i'm a fan <laughs> yeah. um, um i just i i see that um films tend to be more attractive like i get more attracted towards film when it comes to telling stories and it's because of that same reason that you were just pointing out to go back to the topic that we were in um that is the main reason why movies such as pan's labyrinth hit home i love that oh this is an offline conversation but do you want to go see some amc movies that they're re-releasing like they're doing theatrical re-releases for selena in the heights pan's labyrinth Yes, I would love to. I just saw that they're doing a double feature of Pearl and X, and I gotta ask around and see if I'm gonna go see Pearl, um, because I kind of want to do that double feature thing. If you want to come, you should come. I don't like horror movies. (laughs) Stop! Why are you like this? What is Uh, wrong with you? I'm anxious. What can I say? Uh, I want to ask you a question. What? Same. So, (laughs) Uh, what? What do you think? is important for white audiences besides like the tropes like what are some uh what are some things that you want non-latine hispanic listeners of this podcast potentially to understand about our people and cultures especially through future american content that they consume whether it's tv shows or movies that we're on not that we're not all loud that we're not all um Speak for yourself no, i'm kidding <laughs> No, no, it's true though. No, I, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. Um, we are not all show. We are not all um, bad guys, like you know, like killers or, or drug addicts. We're not all. Um, we're yeah. all not sexy like Sofia Vergara. Yeah, we're not all fucking hot. That that's a sad thing. That's the truth. Same. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but no, and that we don't all have. Okay, I see accents constantly. No, it's not like that. Um, some people don't have it. Some people do. It's how it is. And I don't know if it was bad saying. I don't know if it was bad doing the accent, but it it come Like I could switch up and speak Spanish and English, and everyone that I talk to is constantly surprised when they're like, "Oh, but you don't have a Hispanic accent. Like you don't have an accent." I'm like, "Well, I do." There's also like the thing to say about code switching, like with me yeah. in this conversation, you're like, your accent's a little more like showing through, but like in other situations where you're talking to like white peers, it will oh be like gosh. more just like code switching is a thing. Like between you and me, we like joke around and we're like, pero this and like, we'll like break into Spanish and stuff. Yeah, but I'm not like, with you, it's like, oh, it's easy. Like I can do that. Like it's fine as whatever. Pero with, if I was at work. Yeah. Like you said, that, that girl, does that so... That's a white girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said, hello, America. <laughs> um, and then I want to get to know, like, what is your experience, like, as a 
aspiring creative in the industry been as a Latina or Hispanic person? Which I know it's limited at this time, but do you have any experience that you want to share? Felipe, I'll be real honest with you. Um, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, so valid. I'm, I don't uh, know if anyone knows what they're doing with their life. Some yeah. people do. Uh, this is my existential crisis for you. Um, but yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I I just started looking at the industry in a new, different light. I've never seen the whole behind the scenes of it. I've always been like, oh yeah, acting. Like I know what that is. I've done that. That's fun. Um, but realistically. When you look at me, you see a white girl. If I was to walk into a room, they would be like, she's not Latina enough. And it's very upsetting to even think about the fact that, okay, I won't be casted as a Latina ever. Um, and I don't so think that's kind of true. Like part, I feel like that's kind of like part as to why I'm not pursuing anything in film anymore, like at all. Like, I'm like, what's the point? Like, I don't, first of all, I'm not skinny. <laughs> and second of all, I'm not, like you look at me you think white like that's what people usually think when they see me and so i'm kind of like oh okay i'm gonna be casted as the background (laughs) well i think i think you should hold your head up because i hope like my optimistic side is saying that i hope we get to see a world where we get to see a lot more different latina people like it could be like an afro-latina person an asian latina person a white latina person like and they can all share a latina space that would be great. That would yeah. be wonderful. But given that, movies from 13 years ago, so they did a study. No, let me go back. They did a study at the uh, uh, USC Anber, a school for communications and journalism, in 2021, September 15th. So literally almost a year ago to the time. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, they updated it in October 28th, just so you all know. But they did a study, and... Out of 1,300 movies examined, including six of seven lead and slash co-lead actors in 2019. Yeah, um, there were... So sorry, let me go back. Let me give you the information correctly. Let me read the thing and not try to like gloss through when I don't have glasses on. You're good. (laughs) You can leave that. That's okay. Uh, Okay. So very few uh, Hispanic and Latino actors fill leading roles in popular films. A mere 7% of films from 2019 featured a lead slash co-lead Hispanic Latino actor, which is not significantly different from the 3.5 of leads and co-leads who are Hispanic Latino across the 13 year time frame? Literally nothing. <laughs> so that's like data. That's not even an opinion. Exactly. That is facts. That is like insane to me. And so out of that, more than so, however, more than a half of leading co-leading Hispanic Latino actors were girls and women across 1,300 movies examined, including, here's where it comes, six of the seven leads, co-lead actors in 2019. Yet Hispanic and Latina girls, women still represent only 1.9% of all leads and co-leads across 1,300 films, yet again examined, my friends. So that's crazy. And out of all those films, 
Only three of the roles were held by a woman of 45 or older, and two of those films were Jennifer Lopez. A queen, but yes. yes. But nonetheless, the yeah, nonetheless. they use a lot of the same Latinos and Latinx, as well as um, Hispanic actors. And the thing is that when it comes to the... So here's the, the other part, because of course... Um, the study also explored how many leads and co-leads were Latinx, defined as Latino born in the U.S. and not Spanish origin, unless in combination with, with another Latino ethnicity. Uh, 5% of 2019 lead co-leads were Latinx, as were 2.2% of all protagonists. Moreover, only six Afro-Latinos worked as leads slash co-leads across the 13-year time frame. Three held co-lead and lead roles in 2019. It's just mind-boggling, but like also it frustrating is. that like we don't get to see our stories as That's proliferated right. throughout. The, like imagine, like we have, you said, almost 19% of the country is Latine of some sort. And the fact that like there's so little representation and hopefully now they'll like be a kick in the pants for Hollywood to get started, especially after the success of like Coco and Encanto for kids. I'm glad that like little Latino kids get to see themselves in the media. The most, speaking of Disney, the most beautiful thing to have seen this whole entire week has been little black girls looking at themselves as Ariel. Yes. It makes me cry every time. They are so cute. They get so excited and they start screaming and like they're they're crying. Some of them. It's so cute. Oh my god, I'm gonna start crying. Um, but it's the I most mean, representation adorable. matters. We all saw like all the like I remember when, uh, excuse me, uh, I remember when uh Chadwick Boseman passed away and I saw all those photos of the little black boys who were like doing the Wakanda Forever yeah. crying and like like having little funerals for their uh T'Challa. And I was just like, that's what representation matters means. It's like, because you see yourself in the media, it matters so much more. Like they have a superhero who looks like them. Uh, they have uh, like a princess who looks like them. Uh, yes. like that's what, it, especially for the kids who don't see themselves. Like if they grow up in a white neighborhood, that's important for them to see that they're not the only ones who like look like them exactly. or act like them. Exactly. Agreed. A hundred percent. So hopefully, like you were saying before, um, hopefully we do get to experience that for a Disney movie, for example. Be nice. Be nice to have the kids. Have experience. you seen any of the the like TikToks of the little kids going and hugging Mirabelle at Disneyland or Disney World? That's so freaking cute. I love it. Oh, and they're dressed up just like her. Oh. Yeah. I love that. I had um, a friend, she was Colombian, and she was like, it's nice to see someone that looked like me when I was a kid. And I'm like, that's And so the cool. detail in that movie, like, they actually went to Colombia and they hired, like, art consultants and history consultants to, yes. like, make sure it was accurately depicted. And you that's, that? like, the kind of level of detail we want them from all Disney projects, Marvel, Star Wars. Like, we want they, that. That's crazy. That's that's a fun and job. they do put in that care for like some stuff like i watched the moon knight making a moon knight documentary and they like yeah. talked about like the egyptology and like all the consultants they had and the director was egyptian um so like i just hope that they continue like when america chavez gets her tv show her movie i hope they give that same effort yeah time. we'll see i'm i hope they do too. i got ideas for that show if, if marvel is looking for writers <laughs> 
Well, if Marvel needs a historical person, I'll go in. I'll do the research for them. That's okay. As long as they do the talking for me. Because clearly, I don't know how to form a sentence. Nah, Paula, stop that. You're, you're hurting. <laughs> don't talk about my friend Paula like that. Um, do you have anything else um, to add on the topic? Or do you want to start winding things down and like tell people where they can keep up with you? Or do you have more things to say? Because we can keep going if you want. But also, I ran out of questions. So we well, can just take honestly, it wherever you want. We can we can go into whatever detail if you want to make it deep. Let's go in. Um, but if you're ready to go and you're ready to break up with me, that's okay. I understand. I too. will never. How dare you? That's what I mean. I don't. I don't like. <laughs> I don't have feelings. <laughs> no, you have feelings. Of course, you have feelings. You're Latina. You cry. Stop. You have you seen no because you know what Latino really means. Um, Latino means modern family. When you look at Sofia Vergara and like the other guy, the guy who is in the relationship with the redhead, I don't know his name. Oh, Cameron. Cameron. Oh my God, stop! <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> okay, Cameron. Um, he and I know uh, Sofia's character. They have a falling out at one point. They were working together, something like that, and he's like going through like the five stages of grief all at once and like his husband saying like oh when i met cameron's ex-boyfriend he said don't ever break up with him because he's gonna go through everything all at once that is how it should be depicted that is all i'm gonna say that is that that was the first time i saw myself in white tv that was when i was like from oh cameron okay. or from sophia from cameron yeah. i was cameron i'm not gonna lie to you yeah. <laughs> that was me <laughs> That's hilarious. I've been through all of that. Every time I see that, I'm like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> do, are there any other Latine titles oh. that you want to talk about before we wrap things Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Let's talk about Glee. Let's talk Santana, about it. Santana, mi, mi amor. Let's talk, let's talk about Santana. Let's talk about her. it. Okay. Because Naya Rivera, first of all, she deserved better. Rest in peace. Love that woman. Perfect. But um, she deserved better. And she deserved a lot more. I feel like her and her grandmother had such a strong relationship, right? And this could have been the time where her grandma could have come around. They did well, six I mean, did you ever watch the whole show? I did. They did six okay. seasons. Yeah, she comes back, right? Afterwards. She comes back at the wedding, but like. Yeah, they kind of like dropped that storyline and always like they had Santana storylines, but it was very much like focused on Santana. But I thought that was like the best Santana arc to talk about her family and what it means to be Afro Latina. In yes. like they would make jokes about her being from Lima Heights, but they wouldn't really like show like uh, Latina culture through Santana. Yeah. Did you do you remember the episode where they had Ricky Martin? Yes, another Puerto Rican actor, and he and was I, born and raised in Puerto Rico and then taken out. From I don't realize how much that episode meant to me until like looking back on it, like where she like goes against her like teacher and is like, you're just whitewashing like our culture. Like they, and I mean, Mr. Shu should be in prison for a number of reasons, but add that to the list. Oh my God, Mr. Shu. Oh my gosh. That was a chaotic show all around. We know this, but it's still a part of our existence in life. And Santana Lopez will always mean a lot to me. Santana Lopez deserved better. She had one of the best storylines and she deserved a lot better. That's it. That's all I have to say about her because 
If not, I'll get too emotional. And if you're a fan of the Brazilian Dragon podcast, you know how much we love Naya Rivera here. Like we've done an episode for her every year. Um, oh, so, yeah. Uh, Paula, where can people keep up with you if you want them to keep up with you? Ooh. Like, do you want to give out your Instagram or not really? I am um, not really because okay, I don't know if people are going to like me. So we're just going to not, <laughs> not give well, out any information. That's valid. Uh, do you want to tell people something Latino that they should all watch? If that, Like something recent that you've seen that like connects that's Latino or Latina uh, that you want people to check out if they haven't seen it before? Something more like of the recent times. More of the recent times. Or it could be something old too. So I haven't seen it yet, I'll be honest, but it kind of called my, like, it, it grasped my attention, and I think they only have one season, and I hope that they, um, they finished it off with a little bow on top, hopefully, but it is called, I'll tell you in a minute, because I saw, okay, first of all, Pose, if you haven't seen that, watch that, that's a really good show, um, and Gentified, Gentified, yeah, Gentified, yeah. I feel like that's a, a good one right there. It's on Netflix, apparently. I'm going to go look it up. I'm going to go watch it. But it interested me when I was looking up for this last question. Yeah. Um, besides that, I only have Spanish shows to give you. Like Spanish. I mean, give us a Spanish show. Do it. Um, okay, si no han visto La Casa de Papel, Money Heist, go watch that. Have you seen um, Elite or no? Elite. I don't. You see, that's another thing. We could talk about it before we leave. Okay, the teenage sexualization in all of Hollywood is a big issue. But with Latino characters, they do it, like, you know, on, on my block. I really like that show. I saw the first season. Um, right after that, I started noticing that they just overtly sexualize the teenagers once more. And I, I can't do it. I can't watch that. Like, I know it happens within our communities but it's not all teenagers and there's some teenagers who manage to break away from that stereotype in their life yeah when they're, and they, even when like they're growing up i think i think that's the overlying theme of our conversation right it's like not all latinos not all latina people like even our opinions don't speak for yeah. all latina opinions. No. like of so course. like that's the thing i think there needs to be more nuance in society and especially like you can like add like, I feel like a lot of Hollywood representation is, like, black or white with how they see Latina people. And it's not very nuanced. And they could shade in the gray a little bit more. They could. They really could. Because it's just a little tiresome after a while. And I just, I never liked teenage dramas. I'll be honest with all of you. Except for Glee. Um, except for Glee. Glee is like a comedy drama thing. Okay. Oh, you don't, you don't like, like, teen dramas like Euphoria. Hate Euphoria. I cannot stand Gossip Girl. Tell them, talk to me about um, uh, can I say this? Pretty Little Liars. But like, <laughs> it's a secret, a teenage secret life of a teenage American life of a teenager. Um, the Fosters. Like, there's certain moments where you just. But speaking of the Fosters, great show. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> um, but after a while, like the whole dramatics of it like i'm like how do people just i could never do wattpad either look that's just me maybe it's just it's too much drama i could do it on a movie if you can clear up the drama within two hours then like book smart or super bad or something 
like but those are comedies those are yes. comedies i love like, book smart though that's such a good movie thank you for mentioning it um it's something like that but with the latina taste i feel yeah. like that would be cool to watch i feel like that would be something that people would be interested in watching uh-huh. I agree with that very much. Um, the show I'm going to plug for this episode, I recently finished a show called Now and Then on Apple TV+. Plus. It's a bilingual show. It's Spanish and uh, English. It takes place in Florida. Um, and it's about these high schoolers who uh, their friend dies and this other person dies. And then they have to clean up the investigation because they're wanted for murder but it's like about the in 20 years later the case is reopened and you, you see their lives and it's bilingual and it's it's like kind of a, a little murder mystery plus like um uh like a lot of like love drama uh it's 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 a good show and it has rosie perez in it and she's phenomenal and um the one of the women from roma i forget her the actress's name but it's not it's not the main character of roma but it's she was in roma um yeah, so that's what I'm going to plug. And it's on Apple TV+. Plus. It's eight episodes. I'm down. I feel like I would watch that. Thank you for selling it. And it has an incredible intro theme credit song. And I think that needs to be discussed better. But Just uh, the fact that it's in Florida already is an upgrade. It's like, oh, okay, you're going to the coast. That has- and one of the characters is actually running for uh, uh, mayor of Miami-Dade um, County. So it's like in the heart of Miami. Well, hopefully they're good and they know how to do politics because hopefully they get a second season is also my thinking it ended on a cliffhanger but i think the culprits of not giving a second season sometimes uh i'm not i'm, I'm gonna mention it um i just don't like that it ended on a cliffhanger and then if we don't get a second season if it, if it had just ended like two minutes earlier then i would have been fine with no second season yeah yeah sometimes that happens yeah. but um it's netflix let's say it the- oh, it's Apple TV. Oh, Netflix. Netflix is the one that does the canceling. Yeah, but they all do canceling. Like they all do Chronicles. Canceling, but I can't mention the other ones legally. <laughs> uh, I will say it. Batgirl, Gordy the Chronicles. Come at me. I don't care. I'm trying to keep my jobs. <laughs> I'm trying no, to do no. what we need to because um, I, I can. I can. I'm gonna complain about it. I, I want to see my Batgirl. I want to see season two of Gordita Chronicles, and you're hurting me as a consumer and not seeing myself in the content. But that, that's the opinion of me, the Brazilian dragon, not Paula. Paula is not part of that opinion. That is true. I am not. But I do not understand why they can't just release it in DVD. I don't know how right. it works. Um, I'm down to buy the DVD. Uh, we could go see a screening or something. Yeah. They should do it for something um, later on. But- yeah, thank you for joining me, Paula. I'm gonna start winding thank things you. down, and I appreciate you joining me for this conversation. And oh, I, do you, you have anything else? Add? Final question. What? Yeah, you can circle back to it. Oh, um, the. Whole... Oh yeah, what does Latin being Latina mean to you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned it throughout the whole episode. It really doesn't matter where you're from. Um, what's area you were born in or anything as long as you have the latinx or hispanic culture within your family i feel like that's who you are like it's a part of you so enjoy it celebrate it it's a lot of fun we like to party so of course everyone's invited like always um never let anyone tell you if you're latino enough or if you're not it's just not it's not yeah, working Regardless of like what your background is, never question someone's background. Like even if like 
you're of the same community it's just like harmful and like makes other people feel invalid and like everyone's experience is valid as a member of their communities whether it's like they're black they're asian they're latino like don't question people's identities or uh their experience and not just like in terms of ethnicity and race like in terms of gender in terms of sexuality everyone's experiences are valid and that's like something that really bothers me when people question like my latinidad just because i'm a white uh whiter passing one but like if you look at my brother he's like tan and like so like just my brother too they took all of it <laughs> yeah um but Paolo, this was a lovely conversation and i'm so excited uh for the continuation of this project thank you for being uh the first consumer portion of our interview series oh, yeah. thank you for having me um and if you think I of anything else just send me voice memos and i'll add it to the post and to the Instagram. i hope that nothing flops um, nothing flopped oh, don't worry post- I hope that you have some material that you can I, We definitely do. We have a lot. We have at least 45 minutes, I think. Okay, cool. Um, well, um, thank you well, so I'm much. Let, I'm going to say goodbye to the listeners, and have a, next, a nice day, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. All right, everyone. There you have it. That was my conversation with Paula. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, let's close things out as we do normally here. Uh, Just a reminder, the Brazilian Dragon podcast generally focuses on nostalgia-based content from the late 90s to 2000s, shows that you grew up uh, with on Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, Disney Channel, PBS Kids. You have it. We have a Scooby-Doo podcast recapping every single movie from the Scooby-Doo universe. We have uh, Pod Talk Jam and Break, which is our High School Musical Musical series recap series. We have We Want to Be Famous, which was a total drama recap series that we enjoyed here. Um, And uh, currently, we're just focusing on CC Puente, but we have a lot of backlog stuff. Disney Channel movie recaps, uh, Nail movies, which we talk about, uh, some throwback movies from our childhood that are quite chaotic in hindsight. Uh, So feel free to check any of those out. Now, if you want to stay updated on the Brazilian Dragon podcast, you can go to at Brazil Dragon on all social media, at Brazil Dragon Pod on all social media, excuse me, uh, and follow me there. Uh, you can also follow me on my main at What the Fleep. But for Brazilian Dragon updates, the best place would be to follow at Brazil Dragon Pod on Twitter or Instagram. Now, uh, in terms of what's coming up next, I'm going to have another great conversation with my friend Gabby Morales. Uh, We chat about representation, and that's a great conversation. I'm excited for you all to get to know Gabby a little bit and hear her thoughts on the matter. Um, Also, later this week, we'll have an episode with Elaine Del Valle, who uh, is a multi-hyphenate actor, director, producer, filmmaker, uh, writer, uh, casting director, so... I'm excited to share with you all uh, my conversation with Elaine as well later this week. Now, today is September 27th when I'm dropping this. Uh, if uh, you went to go vote for Abby Maria in the Fab Over 40 contest uh, yesterday, then unfortunately you also saw that they pushed back voting to October 10th. So I will make an announcement when voting is live, but October 10th is when Abby's contest starts. So we're all going to show up for her. Now, until next time, everyone... Uh, si se puede, and echa pa'lante.